Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast, this, the podcast where we tell you the stories of our city through the voices of our city and sometimes, quite often, other cities. Today, we've got... Oh, by the way, if you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, share it with a friend, share it with an enemy. Maybe it's a, a good and fitting punishment. Today, we are talking showbiz with a guy who I have only recently met, but he seems wicked cool, actor and podcaster. Devlin Wilder is in the house. He's here in the, in the virtual studio, which through the magic of the Zoom call transports him from L.A. here. Devlin, how are you? We all right. Doing great. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I'm trying to have that that. To use a word that's familiar to you, that faux enthusiasm that all podcasters have to come up with. Hey, we got to be part. (laughs) Right. So Devlin is the architect of the faux real podcast. That's faux as in uh, you speak a little uh, petit peu of the French, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's hard to figure out exactly what it is. And a lot of guests have asked me what it is and why they're on the show. And well, I try to engage my guests with, which is much, with as much enthusiasm and zing as I can. And we get into it. You've had some great guests. I listened to the one with Eric, forgetting his name. I'm terrible. Eric from Workaholics. Uh Yeah, exactly. He's great. You've got some other great names on here. I didn't click on this, but apparently Whitney Cummings didn't show up when she was supposed to. Well, to hell with her. No. Oh, that was a joke. No, I, actually, I actually love Whitney Cummings to death. I Yeah, she's great. I just titled the episode that to see how many hits I could get off of it if I put Whitney Cummings in the title. <laughs> and that's why I called it Whitney Cummings isn't here because that's exactly correct. She wasn't there. I wish she would have been. That would be great. Whitney Cummings, please come on my show. I'd love to have you. <laughs> That's brilliant. I'm going to start doing that. Clint Eastwood couldn't make it today. But so in no, I want to hear how your pandemic has been and how it's affected showbiz in L.A. But first of all, I know that you've encouraged your listeners to vote. You did that throughout the, the couple episodes you had during the uh, campaign season. And I take it you're happy with the result? Yes? Yes, I am. (laughs) Me too, man. Me too, man. I never... Well, we represent the two ends of the country that are probably the bluest of the blue. And then... But if you... But those flyover states, man, boy, 
What, what was your take on the whole thing and your reaction? Well, I'm from one of the flyover states. I'm from Illinois and they did go blue, but it was worrisome. And a lot of my family and friends voted the other way. Ooh. And I had, a, I, I will tell you, I had a little bit of a falling out with my aunt. And listen, I just, I don't know what to say about it. Like, I don't want to go into the rant here. I don't right. want to you know, get too political, but that word has been really skewed over the course of all the happenings of the last four years and the word the political issue. Exactly. Yeah. The issue comes with so many people seeing it along those lines as just political issues. Well, it's not just political issues, it's human rights issues. And that is why I get so heated and emotional yeah. <laughs> whenever I'm discussing it or president Cheeto, because it, it really, it's just, it's stuff that is, very logical to anyone with even a remote modicum of empathy and understanding of humanity. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, he has none and his cabinet has none and it's really been a problem. So well, I know what you're very outspoken. I know what it. you're saying uh, because I come from a, a law. I have a weird sordid past, but I have a law degree among the useless things that I keep on my shelf and under the law, Yes, we have the First Amendment. Yes, we have certainly political freedom and right to assemble and right to free speech and all that. But there are also laws that are anti-discrimination laws. So you're allowed to have the thought in your head that Mexicans are dirty people. But in most cases, or in many cases anyway, you're not allowed to act on it. So no, you don't get to make up all of your own rules. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Listen, I mean, one of my favorite musicals is Avenue Q, and there's uh, lots of great songs in there. And one of them is everyone is a little bit racist. And I agree with that sentiment because everyone is. We all have our biases. We, are, we all have our skews, the things that we've, brought, we've been brought up with by our parents and, and our culture and wherever we grew up with whomever we grew up, we all have those ways of thinking that uh, even if it is true, it's not right. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and we all have them, but exactly as you said, you gotta, you gotta be respectable to when you're in office, you have to respect all of your citizens and it, no matter what color or culture or creed they are, and he doesn't respect anybody, yeah. <laughs> including yeah. his, he just doesn't respect anybody at all. He has no respect for humankind. And yeah. it's really sick. You know who he likes? The only people he likes are the people that like him. That That's the only way you can get in with yeah. him is if you sing his praises. That's why Putin, he was like, well, Putin says I'm a great leader, so I got to like him at least a little bit. Like, well, n not if he's an enemy of our country, yet. but it, it is that it is. It's also just basic human decency and niceness. Like I, I want a president to be at least 20 percent nice. And he, he doesn't, he, unless it benefits him in some way. Like, that's why I'm not even, I'm not even sure. He has said some terrible racist things and they are harmful and there's no excuse for them. But he, I think he's more, even more narcissistic than he is racist. Like if it served him to be a champion against racism, he would probably go that way. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So how has the pandemic been? I mean, you in the entertainment industry, a lot of it, I know, has paused. I mean, certainly live entertainment has. But tell me what it's been like. It's been slow. It's been weird. It's been frustrating. 
I've had some very small blips of activity. I, I worked on a renovation show, I don't know, six or seven weeks ago. What's that and called? It, What's that called? Can we find that? It's called Celebrity IOU. Okay. That'll be out. It was production. I just worked production. I wasn't okay. acting on that. I needed the work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, when work presents itself, I'm not going to turn it down. As long as I'm physically able to do it, I'm, I'm not above, I was just a PA on the show. Okay. Sure. Cause I wanted to be on set cause mm-hmm. I hadn't been on set since yeah February. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yes, please. I'll take it. If you check out Devlin's IMDb page, you'll know a lot of things that you'll recognize a lot of things. I certainly do. Henry Danger among them and then some other shows. What what have you been the most proud of? And it doesn't have to be anything that we've ever heard of, but over your career, what would you point to as your best work? Well, this is another one of those lame claims to fame, but I I worked background on The Dark Knight and it was three days of pure nerd joy i mean it's just one of the greatest movies of all time it's one of the greatest superhero movies of all time were you the one christian bale was yelling at um, in his, in his yes. <laughs> that would be that would be a kind of a cool claim to he's, a, he's kind of scary i won't lie thankfully no but i am in the party scene once you see me you can't unsee me i'm in a really fancy pinstripe suit and oh, cool. so i'm there when joker comes in looking for harvey dent and throws rachel out the window that whole thing that's the screen cap that's from that's absolutely everywhere in every publication and all the places and uh, I so i worked it. on that for three days and it was 12 to 14 hour days we started like in the late afternoon and went till the early morning and got to talk with maggie gyllenhaal who was very nice got to see Heath Ledger perform one of his greatest roles. And I never really saw Heath Ledger. I only ever saw the Joker because he was in the full makeup and garb the whole time. I never really, he came in in character and went off in character. So I I never really saw Heath, but it, it was absolutely brilliant. And I was less than 10 feet from him while he was doing that whole thing. And it was yeah. pretty epic. He has been... No longer with us for 22 years. Now. No, 12 years now. I was going to say. Yeah, not, oh my, not, really let's old, not get it. Oh <laughs> I kind of ruined the point of what I was trying to say, because I was trying to say it's been a long time since he, it seems like he just passed away kind of recently. He passed away in 2008. And that must have been uh, crushing news to you. I mean, even if you're just respecting his work, right? I mean, who knows what he could have, what more things he could have accomplished. I mean, what, but, but he did, he is on Mount Rushmore of certainly of action or comic book villain performances for sure. And he won the Oscar for that one. Yeah. And that he gave rise to a, a new trivia question, which is one of my favorites that, now, since he and he and Joaquin Phoenix both won Oscars for playing the same character, the Joker, that's only happened once, one other time. And so, Mr. Hollywood, I ask you, oh no, <laughs> what the other one is? No, oh, no, okay. I'm it, gonna get this wrong. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. I'm sure I should. I should definitely know. I claim to be a, a pop culture aficionado. I should know the answer. And I believe it has come up on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, really? Uh, the the new version, and I have forgotten. I'll give you a hint. Mafia. I'll give you another hint. Oh, Corleone? Yes. And so what's... It, it's actually a hard question because um, the character is portrayed... Uh, 
Right. That would have been. It's okay. Um, please edit this out. So, no, I'm so mad. <laughs> no, that's okay. I got the character name and I can't think of the actor. That's Vito. Bad. Vito Corleone. Yeah, Vito Corleone. And yeah. of course, uh, young Vito Corleone in Godfather Part Two was Robert De Niro. Yeah, he right. won the Oscar for that. And then Brando, of course, got it in the first one. Anyway, that parentheses aside, tell us what life is like as uh, an actor that kind of, I mean, when you were talking about working production because you need the work, I mean, you, I, I would take it, you should be gratified that you even have work. I'm reminded of the scene in Swingers where one character says to the other, I actually can, I'm considering playing Goofy. And the other guy turns to him and says, hey, well, at least it's Disney. But, but it, will, you, will you always pursue this? Is it in your blood to that degree? It is till mm-hmm. my dying day, mm-hmm. much to the chagrin of all my friends, all my family members, rather. My friends are mostly with me, but still a bit confused. I have, I've worked on a lot of sets, hundreds of sets, and have had an array of amazing experiences. And I've had, I've worked with a lot of great people over the years. And yeah, I love to work. And do you prefer comedy or, or drama? Because I know you've done both. I'm mostly a comedy guy. That's sort of where my, my, my pegs fall, but I've played a lot of dramatic roles. I've played some really heavy roles. I once was, I once played this character in a short film that had to hang upside down naked in a tree and get beaten with canes. That was, that was really, yeah. (laughs) And you put the work in. Well, you've already done a nude scene, so that puts you in the same oh, class yeah. as Mickey Rourke and Richard Gere and uh, other greats. So oh, you cross, wow. so check that box. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, have you ever died in? Well, I don't know if the character died when he was upside down and naked, but if you ever- yeah, I've died. I've died a few times. I've I've been dead a few times and come back. I'm in. <laughs> is it, a, what is this? Uh, a vampire situation? <laughs> well, I get. I get zombified in a movie called by day's end that actually released on on streaming earlier this year mm-hmm. and uh, yeah i've <laughs> I, know, I just think that's all a, those roles that's another badge of honor to to be uh to play a dead person i mean it worked out well for kevin costner and the big chill my friend before we started recording i was um telling you that I have a friend, Maddie Blake, who's a dear friend here in Boston, who's an actor who has had kind of a eclectic career, as you have. And he played a cop in the series Boardwalk Empire, which was, have you seen that, by the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic show. If, if you haven't seen it, folks, now's a good time to, to binge it. Steve Buscemi plays a central character, a gangster in 1920s Atlantic City, I guess somewhere around. Yeah. Prohibition area. Prohibition era Atlantic City. And so my friend Maddie played a cop and who just had to like, he did have a couple lines and he arrested the Steve Buscemi character. But he later told me that there was this subplot where he gets killed and tossed in a dumpster and they shot it, but it was on the cutting room floor. So Mm -hmm. that must be frustrating. Is it, does it ever get frustrating to you that, it's like just when you think you've figured out the rules of show business, they start changing the rules or you never can predict the rules or things like that. So many times. Oh, yeah. uh, just <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable amount of times you wouldn't believe most of the work I've done ended up on the cutting room floor or just was never released. I mean, I had a lead role in this independent film. I've forgotten the name of 
was a number of years ago. Mm. And uh, I had a lot of fun with the role. It was kind of kind of zany. It was very off the wall comedy, which is what I love. And yeah, it, the footage never saw the light of day. And unfortunately, that, that tag follows yep. <laughs> a bunch of stuff that I've done. I, I was, I'm sort of hoping that once I get to that point, it'll have what I like to call the Juno effect. And everything I've done prior that's never been out yet is suddenly released streaming everywhere and you can find it on Amazon and whatnot. That, Are you we'll, you're we'll, talking we'll, about the film Juno and... Yeah, and uh-huh. the, the, with the, Ellen Page, because Ellen Page. she had done a million things before that, but no one really knew her work. And then that came out and a bunch of, there were, I think there were two or three different indie films that she had done yeah. that never really got major release. And then they got it after Juno came out. Well, I'm on board because I'm going to be able to say I had Devlin Wilder on Oscar award-winning Devlin Wilder, comedy award-winning Devlin Wilder on my podcast. I knew him when you, I mean, we were talking a little bit of politics and I don't know if, do you give thought to, and I know you do a bunch of things, the podcast, you, I was having a laugh with you about some video, Google this people and find out because uh, Devlin has a video showing you how to spruce up your peanut butter and jelly sandwich with all kinds of fun ingredients. But, and I know that's what we do, the more content, the better. Would you like to do things that kind of mesh with your politics? I mean, the, the obvious sort of high profile example is Dave Chappelle. Now he's, I don't know if you're a fan of Chappelle, but he now has become kind of a, a, as much profit as he is comedian, right? Sometimes he's just kind of talking about life and he's great. I love him. But is that a role that you would embrace and should comics actually do that? I appreciate that question. And yeah. I, I think it really all depends on your character. And I think Chappelle is an outstanding example of that because the guy is, he's a comedic genius and he's also pretty damn intelligent. He's just a really smart guy and thinks on a level that is pretty powerful. And he presents himself, it's a lot of different aspects of his character and his routine. It's not just about his comedy, it's about, I come from a musical background before I started in film and television, and there's a real musicality to a way, the way a person presents themselves, their performance, especially Mm -hmm. in comedy, specifically in stand-up comedy. That's why Seinfeld has had such the career that he has and the greats prior and uh, Eddie Murphy. They had a very specific musicality to their comedy and Chappelle is a a maestro of that. You're talking about sort of pace and rhythm and things like that? Yes, absolutely. As far as the presenting politics in your yeah your art i'm i try to stay away from it as much as possible because especially and specifically in our current political environment it is so derisive and polarizing so yeah polarizing yes that it's a little it's a little dangerous to talk about it unless you already have a prior connection with that person. And as you <laughs> asked me about before, I have been public about my stance and who I voted for. And I haven't done that in past elections, not even close, but 
I've been outwardly vocal in this these last four years and especially in this election season because we need a complete overhaul and uh, yeah, there's just a, a lot of things that really need to change and they need to change in a, a swift and decisive way. way. That's not the word I'm looking for, but yeah. we need some big, huge planet altering changes <laughs> across yeah. our country very, as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it is this notion of alternative facts. I think one of, it's hard to keep track of which one of his spokes. Talk about faux real. Yeah, they, well, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it all comes full circle. But it's really, it's true. I mean, this recent drama with the president questioning the viability of the election, which he is still continues to do as we record this after Thanksgiving. You got to be kidding me. It's just, the facts just aren't there. And yet... Almost half the country believes that. Well, I'm not sure about that, actually. But they continue to support him. And I don't know about you. Like, I, you're a younger man than I, Devlin, I gather. And, but I don't remember over the course of following politics and life and <laughs> that it used to be this way. Do you think so? No. And there are so many elements that helped propel that. And mm-hmm. he used a lot of them to his advantage specifically yeah. Twitter, which Absolutely. has been his game far before he took office. He was tweeting yeah. lots of ridiculous things. And you're right. You know what? It's Now it, it just occurred to me what the trick he's pulling. If you are consistently erratic, crazy, and belligerent on Twitter, then people are not going to be shocked with with anything you do. It's kind of like, I, I use the example of Snoop Dogg. From the beginning, he was making, in addition to his music career, he'd be selling these videos where he's like with strippers and naked women everywhere. And no one cared because it was Snoop. I mean, so he got away with it. I mean, if, if Bob Saget was shot among all these <laughs> naked women, people would freak out. That was a bad example because Bob Saget's uh, stand-up is sometimes actually very filthy. But anyway, but yeah, and he just Trump just set the the tone. And but I think you hit upon it, Dylan, and that's that the we didn't used to have Twitter, we didn't used to have Facebook, and we didn't used to have. It, fake news. And I use fake news in the way it's supposed to be used, meaning uh, a news story that's actually fake. And not. And Trump was shrewd enough to turn that on his head. And anything that was negative about him was faked. Oh, God, I'm losing it. Is there hope for us? Is there hope for this country? <laughs> oh, David, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. Well, listen, make sure you... Ch- I, I, I didn't ask you, why faux real? Why is that the name of your podcast? It went through many transitions. It did have a different title at the beginning. And it. What was the original title? Let's just confuse uh, people. Friend or foe, spelled spelled the same way F A U S. Okay. uh, Which was supposed to be, it started out as an extension of the previous podcast that I co hosted which is a story for a whole other episode, but Mm -hmm. it was very similar in tone. It was a comedy entertainment pop culture podcast, had on a lot of celebrity guests, Mm -hmm. same as my current one. And I played around with it forever and tried to uh, do my best to research. So, I mean, but faux real, I need to get to the bottom of this. I'm a former, faux real means fake real. Okay, so it's the dichotomy of man, faux real, fake real, who knows? Okay. And never really knowing what to expect, what kind of conversation you're going to get, what kind of 
guest you're going to get, what sort of, I did a lot of games and sort of parody commercials at the beginning, which I'm going to try to start doing again. I'm uh, trying to assemble a team because right now it's just me putting together everything and it's Mm -hmm. too much work. I can't (laughs) do it. Yeah. (laughs) If you want to make a good podcast, it is more work than people realize. Mm -hmm. So, so you got to love it. And from listening to a few episodes, you definitely do. So please, anywhere you find your podcast, search for Faux Real. That's F-A-U-X, Faux Real with Devlin Wilder. And how can, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you on the socials and whatnot? Across all the places at my name, Devlin Wilder, D-E-V-L-I-N-W-I-L-D-E-R. And you can find the podcast everywhere at Faux Real Pod, F-A-U-X-R-E-A-L-P-O-D. And the podcast is available at all the podcast places you can find it on apple podcasts and stitcher and spreaker it's on the laughable comedy app which is really cool and it also happens to be one of the very unique independent podcasts available on luminary so if you're a luminary listener a lot of great shows on there and you can find it there he's an expert pitch man too if you couldn't tell so hire him <laughs> for hire him, <laughs> hire him for that we do you have five more minutes devlin for me of course. All right. So we're, we're, thank you. We're going to play a quick round of good stuff where both Devlin and I will recommend something good that you should uh, consume, watch, eat, read, or something in between. Who knows? Maybe you could eat it and read it. That would be cool. Edible paper. It's a great idea. Let me write that down. Anyway, before we do that, I want to take a quick minute to tell you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go if you would like your own podcast. Is now a great time to start one up? Well, hell yeah. I mean, the pandemic, what else are you doing? You're sitting on your butt. And you know what? We have been producing podcasts remotely for a long time now, even pre-pandemic. We'll send you out a USB microphone, the, the quality kind, not the crappy kind, people. And we'll produce your podcast from start to finish, the intro music, outro music, Connecting with your audience is a great purpose for a podcast. Your clientele, perhaps if you're a professional or your friends and family, go to pod617.com to get started. The Boston Podcast Network in pod we trust. All right, let's play a round of good stuff. That's the good stuff. All right, towards the end, you got it. It's a test of all my guests. If you don't dance to the B-52s, we can't be friends. <laughs> anyway, so would you like to go first, Devlin, or would you like me to go first? You get to choose. Please, Please go ahead. I should go first? Okay. Yeah. Well, I will recommend something that I am watching on Apple TV because if you don't pay $9.99 a month to five or six different entertainment outlets, then you're just missing the boat. So yeah, sign up for Apple TV. If you want to watch this show that I just started watching, it's pretty good. It is called uh, Ted Lasso, and it it stars SNL alum Jason Sudeikis as a football college football coach from uh, middle America somewhere who gets transplanted and now has to be a coach at a a European soccer team, a British soccer team, and hilarity ensues, of course, as will happen. So, Devlin, have you checked this out yet? No? I have. Oh, I just started watching it. I watched watched the first episode, and it's unbelievably funny. Yeah, so I'll play a little bit of the trailer, and uh, Devlin, you can watch, and the rest of our listening audience can just listen. Let's take a listen to the trailer for Ted Lasso. Here it is. Oi, mate, this is you. I believe it is. 
Wicked. You coaching football. You are a legend for doing something so stupid. I mean, it's mental. They're gonna murder you. Bit of news from the other side of the Atlantic. AFC Richmond announced the hiring of their new manager, American football coach Ted Lasso. You're an American who's now in charge of a football club despite possessing very little knowledge of the game. Oh! I know that AFC Richmond is going to give you everything they got, win or lose. All tie. Right, y'all do ties here. Did you see that? He must be from England, yeah. Wales. Is that another country? Yes and no. How many countries are in this country? Four. <laughs> like it or not, Richmond are changing the way we do things. And from now on, that way is the lasso way. Hey, look, this car's got an invisible steering wheel. <laughs> All right, that's enough. <laughs> so you get the point. It's the fish out, classic fish out of water story. And it does involve a couple of Hollywood tropes. You've got the owner of the team who for some reason wants to lose now. And you'll find out what the reason is if you watch the show. But every comedy sports movie seems to have the owner that for some reason wants to lose. Anyway, but Ted Lasso on Apple. It's good. It's got its yucks. I'm kind of wondering, but I've only watched like uh, maybe a little ahead of you, two or three episodes in. I'm kind of wondering where it's going because he's a sympathetic character and he's got a couple of evil people kind of plotting against him. And much of the community hates him because he doesn't know anything about soccer. So what is he doing there? I don't know. But, but you're, but will you stick with it, Devlin? Absolutely. All right. We can compare notes. It's one of a hundred different shows that I'm finally coming around to. I've got a big long list and just making my way. Yes. Sudeikis is great. The, the, the other lead, the woman. Yeah, I don't know what her name is, but... The, I'm going to look it up right after this because it, okay. it'll drive me crazy. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's fantastic. It's a great show. Yeah. Yeah. And his assistant coach is great. And then the little, the guy who, the sort of janitor kid who cleans up, he plays a role. It's it's pretty well done. I don't know how true to life it could possibly be. You got to suspend reality a little bit. I don't think the, I don't know if the soccer the terminology is all spot on, but I don't care. Anyway. All right. So what do you have for us? That one, Mr. Hollywood. So if you don't mind, I actually have two things. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to, for people to check out. I'm going to do one on each side of the spectrum. Okay. So the first is I'm going to suggest a comedy show as well, which is Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun, which is a brand new show on Netflix. The, if you think the title is weird, wait till you see the show. It's these three Australian guys who have been friends and part of this improv troupe. I don't know, for years. Right. And they've been a big deal over there. I say Australia. I think it's actually New Zealand. No, you're right. Australian. Anyway. Australian. Uh-huh. No, you had it right the first time. Australian oh, okay. sketch yes. comedy. Australian guys. And it is, it is zany, over-the-top, insane comedy. It is, they do a billion different sketches throughout the course of the show. Every single one of them will make your lungs hurt. It is definitely <laughs> worth a watch. In fact, I started watching it all the way through again last night. I got really? through four of the eight episodes. I love totally oddball, just out there comedy. I've I've been a fan of Weird Al my entire life. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. Appears in the show. He's he's a recurring character. Oh, really? Come on. Oh, yes. I love so it. So definitely incentive there if you're a Weird Al fan. He plays himself so, in the show, apparently. Yes. He plays himself, and then he plays a vampire television host, mm. sort of very uh, male Elvira, sort of, I think, in the sixth episode or something. 
the fifth episode, actually, the fifth episode. Mm-hmm. And it is. I'm going to check this really out. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Ed Helms shows up. Ed Helms from best known from The Office. And wow, this looks great. Scott Ackerman makes an appearance. He's probably best that's known right. for yeah, Mr. His company Show. produces it, yeah. Yeah, so that's a seal of approval. I love it. I love it. What's your other one? It's amazing. So on the other side of the spectrum, I would uh, like to recommend my very good friend, Chavisa Woods' book. Oh, cool. Um, it's called 100 Times, A Memoir of Sexism. And as you can tell by the title, it's a heavy read. It certainly mm-hmm. is. But incredible, poignant, heartbreaking, but also very empowering and just extremely, if you need, if you need some empowerment, you need to push yourself off of that trampoline of depression in your own life. Yeah. Well, this will get you there. And Chavisa has written a number of books. We've known each other most of our lives. We went to school together and she's just a really brilliant, thoughtful, heartfelt writer that really, she will really take you to places in her words. So So it's obviously, uh, it's a memoir. So by definition, it's written out of her personal experiences. Do you know what, do you know what the 100 times is a reference to? Well, her, all of her experiences. With sexism, uh, I take it. Yeah, Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. All right. Well, if I pick it up, I promise to read all 100. But um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't joke. It's, it's a sober subject. But yeah, I've just found it's very easy to find on Amazon 100 times. A Memoir of Sexism by Chavisa Woods. And heck, people, you can get it for seven bucks on Kindle. If you want the audiobook. it's 14 That's bucks. Right. And support an author like Chavisa Woods, who uh, my friend Devlin vouches for. Very good. Very good. You get an A plus as a guest, Devlin. But... <laughs> We knew that. You're a ringer. You're a podcaster. Podcaster on podcaster love. It's what it's all about. So (laughs) one more time. It is Devlin Wilder and uh, the podcast is faux real. Please check it out. And I hope you had fun, my friend. I did. Thank you so much. Don't sound so surprised. Anyway, (laughs) thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like us, share us on the interwebs and all that. Go to pod617.com if you want your own podcast. On behalf of Devlin Wilder, my new left coast friend, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. And if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. See you soon. See you, Devlin.